Welcome to the You Awakening Podcast, where each week you will hear from your hosts, Kelsey and Taylor, about all things life and navigating through life's obstacles. Each week we will have real, raw, and unfiltered conversations about our own personal stories, as well as tips and tricks to help you guys navigate your journey. Remember, this is all about you. Welcome to part three of our three-part series, wrapping up how our upbringing shapes us. Today, Kelsey and I are coming together to chat about our own experiences together and kind of the impacts that we've noticed, similarities and differences based on our upbringings of what kind of things we have to work through. So the hope is that you reflect on your own and that maybe you relate with some of the things and you work to start doing your own work and notice the beautiful, amazing you. <laughs> All right, okay. so we are together now. Yay. <laughs> We're back reunited. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who are catching up, um we each had our own solo episodes talking about how our upbringings kind of shape us today. Um and the whole point of that was really that Kelsey and I have very different upbringings. Um, and I think that was one of the most interesting things that I found when we started sharing our stories is that we had a lot of similarities when we came together, like where we are right now and like the things we've had to overcome as far as like belief patterns or attachment styles and things like that. But our actual stories were significantly different. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just thought it'd be a really cool idea for us to come together and kind of share about a little bit about us and then recognizing that who we are right now is often like how we react in those like autopilot type things. That's like a compilation of everything we've been through, everything around us, our environment, our families, like so many things can play into who we are. And one thing we do on this podcast is really like unwinding all of that, like breaking everything down and trying to get back to that authentic you inside before everyone told you who to be, or, you know, before you felt judged or adapted or anything like that. Like, who are you? Like, what makes you happy? And that's really what we're all about. Yes. So, yeah. Perfectly said. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. What Taylor said. <laughs> <laughs> mic drop <laughs> mic drop oh man so I think so Kels one thing that really stuck out to me when you were sharing your episode so if you haven't listened to it there's gonna be some spoiler lift in here um but right off the bat she was because mine went first and if you listen to it I, I went through trauma um quite a bit of abuse in my childhood and you know that left me very emotionally scarred with low self-worth essentially to wrap it all up and the first thing or one of the first things that came out of Kelsey's mouth was, I just want to say before we get started, my story has nothing to do with Taylor's. Like it's not even comparing. And right away, I, I was like, oh man, I'm like, I understand, but that perspective is there because yes, I've been through trauma and there are other people who have been through trauma, but I feel like there's such a perspective that's important in your life. So like, I believe that we are able to handle everything we're given and not that everything happens for a reason, because I don't believe that like my abuse was warranted by any means, but the obstacles we overcome 
help us on our path to who are becoming. Okay. And so everyone's going to have different levels of that, that needs those different obstacles. So it's, I am very weary about saying, you know, sharing my full story in a space that's more neutral. That's like not full of trauma survivors, like some of my other platforms, because it automatically makes people feel less than, Mm -hmm. and that is not at all that I want. It's like, I kind of think of like, you know, how like reality TV shows, I'm just thinking about like American Idol, for example. Um, there's always this backstory and it's this sob story. Right. And so people joke all the time, you know, like comedians, there's people in the news, like, oh, well, everyone needs a sob story to be able to be famous or to be able to be whatever. And one to me, that's invalidating the person's story because as someone who's been through a lot, like I shouldn't have to hide that just because of how right. others perceive it. Right. And two people who haven't been through as much and have had a relatively good childhood or whatever, and, you know, have been very blessed and have had different types of things that wasn't necessarily considered a sob story in some people's eyes, but was still hard for them. They shouldn't feel uncomfortable not having something. So it was just very interesting to me that that was the first thing that Kelsey touched on because so many people think that way. And I know it came from good intention because, you know, you really were trying to say like, there are people out there like me and there are people out there like Taylor and like, you know, everyone's valid. And I totally understand that. And I just don't want anyone who's listening to feel like, because our stories are different, one matters more, one matters less, because that's just not the case. Like it's who we are and it's just part of our story. Yeah. And it's valid. All parts of it are valid. And Kels, the moment you started talking about that, when you said like, you know, I don't know that I've been through trauma, parts of what you've been through is traumatic. Like it, it left an imprint, you know, and it may have been different, but it left an imprint enough to impact your life now. Right. And so I want you and those who resonate with Kelsey to recognize that, that the trauma and, you know, adversity and things like that, it doesn't have to be just all those in your face things you can't ignore, like physical abuse, right? It can be the unavailable parent feeling misunderstood, feeling the need to hide your feelings, feeling, you know, whatever it may be, those are all traumas that are super important to recognize. And when you're in therapy, you'll realize, oh my gosh, the little things actually weren't so little because how I perceived them back then, that's what was important. And that's why it's valid. Right. And I think Kelsey, you touched on that so beautifully when you talked about all your stuff is like, (laughs) you know, like the little me, this, this was really hard. And this was like everything to me. And so it felt like identity shifting. And, you know, I'm so glad you shared that because I think that it really brings up that important topic that like little things, big things, however everyone else categorizes it, it's what's important to us and yeah, totally. our life experiences shape us period. Yeah. And thank, I thank you for saying that. Cause I, and I know we talked about it like off, off air, Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think it's really important. And like, that's, I mean, one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is that it is real and raw. And like you guys are seeing in real time, like how I clearly did, you know, feel like I felt like I had to make that like, um, disclosure, I guess, you know, and I know that I'm sure a lot of people who might have had like similar upbringings to me or, you know, um, just, you know, they resonated with some of the things that I were saying, they might have, they might have felt like, oh, is my story like, 
not valid, but I think like what you said, it is valid, you know, and, and I think it can be both. This is something that I'm learning. Like it can be, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be like, I either have like a really, really rough, traumatic, abusive childhood, or I don't, it could be, I recognize that other people have had, you know, tremendous trauma and I recognize that I had like these things in my childhood that shaped me. You know what I mean? And we can't go back in time. None of us can go back in time and like change our childhood. Like it is what it is, right? Like we all experience what we experienced. And so um, I, I forgot the point that I was going to make with that, <laughs> but basically like, I appreciate you saying that. I think it's going to, I think that's super helpful. And I just, I like that we're having this conversation because I think it's a really important one to have about how, yeah, whatever we've gone through shapes us into who we Absolutely. are today. Absolutely. And for anyone who's thinking like, oh, well, you know, like maybe I am like some of the things that Kelsey and I talk about, like, oh, maybe I do notice these patterns in me, or I am acting this way, or there is this anxious tendency or whatever you're notice. If you resonate with any of that, I highly, highly suggest, um, looking up the holistic psychologist, mm -hmm. Dr. Nicole, I think it's LaPera. LaPera, Yeah. And her book, how to do the work is so incredible. That's on my nightstand. That's my next book to read. There you go. That's <laughs> I love that. I love that. So in sync all of the course, time. Of we course. We didn't even, we I'm didn't not, even talk about this. Did not even talk about that. I'm not surprised though. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> We're just one person. Yeah. Universal signs are syncing up. It's fine. Yeah. Um, no, but it really like breaks down these things that you might not think are trauma and how it can actually impact you into adulthood. It is a beautiful, incredible book written from Dr. Nicole LaPera, who was a survivor herself and had to deal with a lot of things herself and had to do with like this conscious rewiring and all of these things. But she also is a psychologist. So, you know, I, I relate in that way to her because I'm like, I'm a trauma survivor and I'm also a professional as an occupational therapist. And so, you know, having both of those lenses, like it reminded me how powerful it was. So I was like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you know, having both things, but also like a lot of the things that even in my life, that I'm like, oh, well, that's not really trauma because I know and like my biological father did all this to me. It actually, some of the things that were in that book, I realized impacted me more than some of the big physical abuse. Mm -hmm. And it was just deeper emotional wounds from a source I wouldn't expect. Right. And so, you know, I found myself being stuck with that because I never really addressed that as something that was traumatic. So I never worked through it where the other stuff that was big and in my face, I was like, yeah, that's, you know, like I'm working right. in therapy, whatever. Right. It was so obvious trauma. Yes. Right. Yes. But, but you yeah. know, and, it, and also like back to kind of what we were saying at the beginning is like, you know, I think about my story and I think about Kelsey's story. Right. And every single one of us can say that in our perception that there has been people around us who have been through less and there have been people who right. have been through more or worse or easier or anything like that. Right. But what I really, really, really want everyone to get out of this episode is to not compare yourself to anyone else except for yourself. And I know how hard that is, but the more you get out of focusing on everything else around you. Like, Oh, you like, you're invalidating yourself by doing that. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, well they had it worse off or, you know, well, I shouldn't be reacting because this way. And I even did that before I was like, Oh, well there are people who like, you know, are homeless or, you know, like I would just like create saying like, well, it could be worse at least, you know, and I would just justify after justify and justify. And it, it really, 
the moment you own what's going on and understand that's really when you start to be able to do the work. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'll stop talking about this now. I could go on forever. <laughs> no, no. I was thinking that like, I just had this thought of like, um, yeah. I feel like that this me saying that kind of like brought up, you know, like, like things that I believed in like my childhood, which was like, like what I say is not valid or something like that. Like, and mm-hmm. I feel like this is real time where I was like, oh, I, I, you know, let me preface it this way because, and it's kind of like, um, not a defense mechanism, like a coping skill. I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see how I did that because it kind of like, in a way, in, in a, in a way I was kind of in, invalidating like my experience a little bit. I don't know, but yeah, I can see how, you are protecting yourself before someone else said something. Yes. And I do that a lot. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. like, this is, and it's, it's so like, this is real. This is like real shit. You guys, like I, you yeah. know, like it's like, uh, these, these podcast episodes sometimes feel like a, like an awesome therapy session. Right? I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Of course. Like I do that a lot. Like I, and I've recently, mm-hmm. this is not related, but kind of, I realize that sometimes I have like um, what's that phrase? Like self-deprecating humor or something yeah. like that. Is that the phrase? Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. I've, I notice that about myself sometimes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why do I do this? Like, it's not, it's actually not, I'm not actually like laughing at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing it because if I say it, it's okay. If somebody else were to say something, it's not okay. And I think you're absolutely yes. right, Taylor. I think if somebody was to message saying like, well, you're blah, 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 like whatever my fear was in sharing my story, right? Like that would have been like, Oh my gosh. But if I was the one to first say it, mm-hmm. like my childhood was good, overall good, but that wasn't, you know, that wasn't the point of what our episodes were about. They were about sharing our, just sharing our experiences and how they shaped us. So yeah. anyway, that was yeah. my, this has been my therapy session. <laughs> well, it's funny because you know, you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I'm picking this aspect apart. Right. And I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, did I ramble too much? Did I say too much? Did I share too much here? Like, was it, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to think that like, I'm like not explaining enough that it didn't actually happen or that I'm saying too much. And they're just like so overwhelmed or triggered or whatever. And so I'm in my head, like, right. Gosh, I was stumbling through that. I don't even know if I like summed up my life perfectly. Like, and so, (laughs) you know, and it's just like this inner critic. Right. And I, you know, I've, definitely improved in being able to be like, no, I know that's my inner critic talking. Yeah. It was fine. And then of course I have my bestie here who pumps me up all the time. And she was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. And I was like, so good. So good. Like seriously, (laughs) (laughs) but literally, and it was the same way because you were like, yeah, I just don't know. I feel like I stumbled through it. And I was like, are you kidding me? That was so powerful. So blah, (laughs) but inner critic. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so, you know, it's hard for us to see ourselves objectively. Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that kind of brings you up to like, Kelsey, you and I are are so much the same with that kind of thing. Like (laughs) we both have these. Okay. So let's kind of sum up like how we're like here as far as like what we do. So I know we both have the inner critic, the strong inner critic. We're both working on it, but it's there. It's there. (laughs) It's always there. Right. I said that at the same time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I feel like the people pleasing, Yep. Tendencies that's there. That's yep. similar. Yep. Um, and now recently like this, the, 
signs that we get are like the same. They're like merging. It's so weird. It's so weird, (laughs) but like also really cool. We also um, talk all the time now, so I mean, yeah. it makes sense. Our oh, yeah. energies are always yeah. connected. <laughs> yeah. Um, we both are anxious, like mm-hmm. as <laughs> you know, like at baseline. I feel mm-hmm. like we're both like hyper fixated on if someone could judge us. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a big oh, yeah. thing. Um, and then I think like it's interesting to me because you are the middle child, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm the oldest and still it's like, we both kind of have these almost like identity issues and like, you didn't fully know who you were. And to me, I was like the caregiver and you're like, no, I'm being lumped with my sister, but mm-hmm. like, we still struggle with knowing who the heck we are and right. being an individual. Yeah. And I find it funny because you were like, oh, well, no one really cared what I said in my childhood. And I felt the same way but it presents so differently now. Like I just talk and talk and I don't care. And you're just like, uh, I'm just not going to talk and I'm just going to watch. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's comes from the same idea, but right. now I just don't shut up. And now you just let other people go first. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. And like, I do that, you know, like with so in so many different areas of my life too. Yeah. It's but and yeah, I don't all I don't everywhere though. Right. Like sometimes I'm just so if it's like a professional setting, I'm the one who's super quiet. But personally, Mm, I'm like, I don't care anymore. But I'm literally the one who's like, yeah, everyone else can go first. And that's where I like find out I invalidate myself the most. I'm sorry, go ahead, Kels. No, 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 that's fine. Um, I think I think too, not everywhere do I not I don't do that everywhere, but I think definitely in professional settings or in places Mm -hmm. where uh, something is like new, more new to me, you know, I'll kind of like let some, let other people kind of like take the lead with yeah. things. Um, yeah. and I, again, think that's probably like a, uh, protection technique mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. like, you know, so yeah, it is funny how it like presents differently, but kind of the similar kind of like a very similar, um, what am I trying to say? Response situation like of, we're, yeah. yeah yeah like we yeah. both yeah felt like what yes. we said what we had to say wasn't valid but it just like as we got older it, it kind of shows up differently so my nerdy brain that knows all about trauma and loves this stuff we both react like chronically with a fawn response mm-hmm. which, oh I just saw that post from her yeah psychologist yeah which you know like making ourselves a chameleon being the people pleasers not really having opinions making opinions whether we felt like we had the ability to or not it was a problem when we did it kind of seemed like right there was pushback so in some ways and I think for a lot of like you know we're definitely worked on it a lot now and I think we're a little bit more different now but you know go back to a few years ago I feel like we are both the same in this and that we let everyone else kind of do everything we really like it really, it really is like just being a chameleon. And like, you know, I spoke about in mine, like I had, I was a different person with different friends growing up because I wanted to be liked so badly and birthday parties were terrifying to me because that meant they were all going to come together. And I did Mm -hmm. not know who to be because Mm -hmm. I didn't know how I'd be liked by just being myself because I was told that myself was not enough. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you know, now I, I kind of just don't care as much, but you know, like I still find myself like my 
tendency is to kind of let everyone else go like completely. Um, and then Kels, I can't, I feel like you said something, um, that if you were, there was a chance you were going to be wrong, that you wouldn't say anything just in case someone called it out. Like just now or just in this episode or that my personal episode, I think it was in the personal episode. I think either that or we've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely like a fear of, of, uh, like a pattern of mine is like a fear of saying the wrong thing yeah. or, or saying something that would upset somebody else. Like I'm very much like, um, like for years I would consider myself like, um, Oh, I'm a go with the flow person. And I still consider myself like that, but part of it I'm recognizing now has been a, like a protection thing, because mm-hmm. if I just go with the flow, I don't have to cause any waves. I don't have to, you know, whatever. And I noticed that like at work, And there's a balance with that. I think there's a balance of like, you know, I don't really care enough to Mm -hmm. get involved in this versus like something that I do care about, but I'm choosing not to say anything, you know, or choosing not to speak up. And, you know, it's, it's like, we'll say a thousand times on this podcast, it's a work in progress. Like it's stuff Mm -hmm. that I'm learning and working through. And, but really the only way to like work on these things is when they're brought up and when you notice them and when you're like, Oh, is this a a pattern that I'm in, you know, and it takes years for these patterns to form. Mm -hmm. And they, a lot of them formed when we were children. So it's not going to be changed overnight, which is something I was just uh, journaling on this morning. I'm like on other beliefs that I have, I'm like, you know, it it took years for these beliefs to like really be like hardwired in my brain. They're not going to change overnight, but I can keep working on them and noticing them and all that stuff. Um, anyway, that was a little, no, (laughs) no, that's not off topic at all. It's actually perfect because, you know, I feel like even if it happened in childhood or whenever, like, yeah, it may have been something that shaped us from back then and it may take time, but it also served a purpose back then. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Which I love, I love that. Like, yeah. I love, no, I love that, uh, like coming to that realization, like, oh, this. Yes. A- yeah. I mean, yeah. even like, you know, the trauma responses that I went through, um, all of those things, like they served a purpose and like, yeah. it, that's an easy example because, you know, it physically protected me. Right. right. But you know, everything else kind of served a purpose. And a lot of it was emotional protection for a, a lot of us, mm-hmm. um, fear of getting hurt, the vulnerability aspect, not being enough. Those, you know, that our beliefs could be confirmed. So then we kind of like either avoid everything we avoid connections or we get super anxious when people we think are going to leave or, you know, mm-hmm. or we change ourselves to be who we think someone's going to like, because we're afraid people are going to leave us. Like, yep. it's just really interesting to see that like, yes, it might've happened early in childhood. It could have been in the middle of your life. There could have been things that have happened, could've you know, like school. it doesn't have to be, it doesn't right. have to be a lot of the things that are deeply ingrained happen when we were younger and kind of happens from like our family culture and society and things like that. Cause we learn right. most in those ages, our brain right. is just like soaking up everything like a sponge or a sponge. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you yeah. get to a certain point and you're like, Oh, okay. And I think, um, one of the next episodes, we're going to dive deeper into like subconscious beliefs. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see like when they're actually formed because majority of it, I think is before eight years old, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're like a walking subconscious mind. I've heard, I've heard yeah. that phrase, like, yeah, but like up to age seven or eight, you're just like soaking up everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
and like OT yeah. brain, I'm thinking here because I work in pediatrics, like the prime time yeah. to impact kids to make progress with their development is until about like seven, mm-hmm. right? So like three Makes to sense. seven. So like that's when everything's soaking in. So like, yeah, that's, that's so, so important. Yeah. Um, and attachment even is in the first year of life. Like that's when it really starts. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's just that's so very, true. very interesting to see Yeah, all of that. Yeah. It's, I feel like it all ties in, like it's all kind of connected, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it totally is. And I feel yeah. like even though, so like remembering that things served a purpose is empowering, especially when it comes up and you're like, oh, okay. But then we have to be able to do the work to go, okay, so does this serve me anymore? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, how can I work to change that? How can I like actively get out of my subconscious mind that's controlling these things? And how can I show up the way I want to, how, you know, like what things do I need to work on or, you know, what patterns do I need to kind of notice in myself? Um, and one thing that for me at the beginning of my journey, when I got really, really into it, I was like a year and a half ago, I was so obsessed on noticing everything that was wrong. So I could fix it perfectly. Hmm. And I didn't even realize that I was like people pleasing myself. Like Hmm. I was literally like trauma response still there in a self-development lens. Wow. (laughs) And one of my friends was like, okay, I, I understand that you want to be better. I get that but I really worry about you picking yourself apart completely because who Mm. you are is like enough right now, but like every little thing about you doesn't need to be changed to be better. I just got chills. And I was like, why you said that? Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, and I was, I was honestly defensive about it at first. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, no, I'm like, (laughs) I know that, but I look back and I'm like, Oh, I totally was. Mm. I totally was because now where I'm at in my journey is like, it used to be, I didn't like it. So I'm going to fix it. Right. And I found the most sustainable way to change and empowering way to feel change is to know yourself and love yourself as is like, like accept, accept that you're enough while still being okay, working to better yourself, working okay to undo these things, but who you are in the process is, is still enough. freaking amazing. Yeah. I, I love that. I, and I love that your friend said that. And I think it's, it goes back to like the whole, it doesn't have to be either, or it can be both. And which is like yes. something that I'm trying to live by these days of trying, you know, because it, it can be like, Oh, I, I recognize this about myself that I want to change. And I still love myself Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I, I still, I still, you know, accept myself where I am. And yeah. that's, I feel like I've talked about this with my therapist before too, because there's definitely, I think we're very similar as mm-hmm. we talked about. And I, and I've done the same thing where I've, I've like kind of like micromanaged everything. And I'm like, all right, what else? Like, not like I was searching for what else to change, but it's because I was in that mentality of like growth and personal development. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a lifelong thing. That's not going to go away because we're never going to be perfect. You know, there's always going to be things that come up to be healed and whatever. But I, I definitely have like, looking back, I, I know that I've gotten into places where I'm like, all right, this, um, this should change. And like, that's honestly, I think that's why I got into therapy in the first place. Um, which is fine. I mean, it got me there, you know, and therapy has has been like life-changing and super helpful for me, but yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, like Taylor said, the, the, the biggest, like the best way to 
to go about that is to accept yourself where you are right now Mm -hmm. and self-love and self-love is not loving yourself when you think that you're you're healing everything or you're, you know, breaking through beliefs and patterns like self-love is loving yourself through everything, through the things you might look at that might be perceived as mistakes or, you know, the, the beliefs that you notice that you want to change or the automatic, you know, responses that come up, like when you're triggered, like it's loving yourself through all of that, you know? Well, and something just came to me while you were talking. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking that like, it absolutely like the sustainable change we're talking about when you're like loving yourself through the process. I don't even feel like it's just something that feels better. I feel like it's something that's so necessary because if you're acting out of a place of self-loathing, like, I don't like who I am. I'm going to be better here. Okay. So you're going to go either one of two ways. You're going to get hyper fixated on, working so hard to change everything, or it could be an and, or actually you can switch between the two. You're going to realize you can't do it and you're going to self-sabotage and you're almost going to like attack yourself because you don't care about yourself. You don't, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're saying like, well, you know, as I am right now, I can't do this. I can never, you know, just start picking yourself apart. So just think thinking of like, let's say a like lifestyle change with eating better. Okay. So I have been cutting out gluten because I have an intolerance and I haven't been following it. And I have come at it before with, you know what? I have to do this. I don't want to do this. Like whatever. It's supposed to be good for me. Like, but I want it all the time. Like coming at this like snarky mindset. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, like I just am who I am and it doesn't really matter. It's not going to change anything. And in some ways my belief was my health's not important. Okay. Like that was kind of just like, eh, whatever, like I'm happy ish. Mm. And so I tried to cut out gluten. And the moment I was just like, oh, I really want something. It was, well, screw it. Like it was the belief, like my health doesn't matter anyways. Okay. So then I was doing so well, but then the moment that like the motivation fades, you have to have your why. And so my why was like, well, someone told me to, but now, and so I, it failed. And I started having health problems again and, you know, and things like that started acting up. Now I've been working to slowly, but sustainably clean my diet because I need to for my autoimmune stuff. And I do it for my health and I understand, and I love that aspect. And, you know, if I mess up once I don't hate myself or shame myself, Mm -hmm. I go, okay, you know, we're making changes along the way. So I'm not going to sit there. We're like, last time I used to have like let's say I would have a cheeseburger with like in and out with the bun, like, Oh, if you know, you know, (laughs) and you know, and I would just be like, Oh, well I had gluten today. So I'm just going to cheat here. But now I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, like I had something else and I know for my body that I want to feel the best I can. So I'm just going to keep going the best I can Mm -hmm. without being like, Oh, you're so horrible with this, blah, blah, blah. And like, now I make consistently better choices to follow a diet that helps me. And my health has improved and, you know, like my body image is proved and everything like that, because I'm literally saying, okay, my health is worth it. I am worth it. I am loving myself through this and I'm not going to just sabotage or let someone else tell me what to do. I'm doing this from a place of love and care for myself, as opposed to just, eh, someone told me to, and I don't want to give up things I love. And this like 
snarky mindset. Right. And you're having grace. You're giving yourself grace, like the same grace that you probably give to a loved one or a friend or something. Exactly. You know? Yeah. This like brings up a lot about how we, like we were talking about the inner critic before, just like how we can, um, like really be hard on ourselves, like in, in our relationship with ourselves. I mean, that's like the most important relationship, not in like a narcissistic way at all, but like in, in it's, it's okay to be like selfish with that, you know, mm-hmm. with having a good relationship with ourselves. And I think that's what this podcast is like really about. And, um, I had, um, a, a therapy session like a while ago and I was talking about my ex and blah, blah, blah. And, um, she was like, it's almost like you're gaslighting yourself. And I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, I've never even thought of it like that. Like I, the amount of aha moments that I'll have with this woman, it's like unreal because I was like, oh my gosh, I am like, I was invalidating my experience and the experience that we had Mm -hmm. because of the fact that like, you know, we were broken up and things went awry and like whatever. Um, but anyway, that's just like one example of how I've done that, you know, and it like, but it's also a pattern. It's a pattern that you knew and a pattern that was thrown at you. And so you were repeating that pattern to yourself. Right. Right. And I've done this with emotions too, where it's like, oh, I should be, um, in the past I've done this where it's like, I I should be feeling better or I should be grateful. And it's like, there shouldn't be that like pressure to, you know, feel a certain way if you're going through something that doesn't feel good you can't fake your way Mm -hmm. to positivity you can't um you know I was reading a a book and it was talking about this it was talking about feelings and if you're in if you're feeling you know sad or something let's just use the example of sad sadness if you're feeling sad faking your faking happy it might not work right and the the metaphor or the analogy that this author used was, um, putting like a smiley face sticker on an empty gas tank, like in your car, like the little, like, or, or over the gaslight in your car, when the gaslight comes on, it's like, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not going to help anything. <laughs> that's just covering it up. So I've done this in the past where I'm like, Oh, I should be feeling better. And I've kind of tried to like fake my way through it, but that's not honoring myself. That's not honoring what I have to feel. And so nowadays I'm trying to notice when I'm sad and I give myself a couple of days you know, to feel those emotions. And I know this is kind of going off like a different path, but like, I feel like it's, it's all related, you know, giving yourself that, that time to feel what you have to feel. And then, you know, not, it really just comes down to honoring your, yourself and honoring what you have to feel. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, by you doing that, you had to look back into those patterns and recognize that that was happening. Right. So I feel like every aspect that we talk about on this podcast can go back to our patterns, patterns. Mm -hmm. our beliefs, our routines, you know, like every little tiny thing comes down to our mindset. And, you know, I think that you had it right when you were like, everything is about on master your mind when you were doing the podcast back then it's like, it all comes down to your mindset. It all comes down to you knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we posted before, like on Instagram that like knowing yourself is the true power, right? Like once you can kind of like understand who you are, that's incredible. Then you master the ability to like recognize your patterns. You're unstoppable because you have the, the the people with the most self-awareness have the highest potential to get anywhere in life. Mm -hmm. 
because yeah. they know what their crap is. They, they know, know when that stuff comes up. They know, exactly. oh, this is just a pattern that I've had. Let me work mm-hmm. through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like building that emotional intelligence. And yep. those are the people who go far, like truly like that. The, and then it starts with you, but then you start to recognize with other people. And then, you know, your relationships get stronger because of it. And, you know, empathy your honesty and your empathy and your connections are more genuine. You pull in the right kind of people. Like it just stems from you. It really, yeah. you know, like that's why our pillars are exactly what they are. You know, yep. like that's exactly why we talk about it goes back to you mm-hmm. because everything comes down to how you present yourself and your own healing and your own growth journey. And, you know, like Kelsey said before, like, even if you think there is nothing you went through and you had a good childhood or a good life, there's always something, there's something. And if it's not your personal life, society has a lot that you can work through. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like the standards (laughs) they've imposed on us. Oh, totally. There's, there's always something. And, uh, even if, like Taylor just said, even if, if it was like a relatively good childhood, that's what, I mean, that's what I thought for years until I, I think the more that you're, the more that I was looking to heal stuff from my childhood or like, or look at it and see how it affected me and made me into who I am today, the more stuff was like in my awareness, if that makes sense. Like I start, I think that's probably when I started following the holistic psychologist and she talks about inner child healing a lot. And I was like, Oh, what does this phrase mean? Inner child, you know, and I had never really looked at my childhood in the way that I have been in the last couple of years, because in my head, it was, it was a good child. Like overall, it was a good childhood. Nothing, nothing really, um, serious or like outlandish happened you know, Mm -hmm. but there was still things now that I'm looking at it. And that's not to say that it's like, oh, my parents were the bad guys. I don't believe that at all. I believe that my parents raised me with the awareness that they had at the time. And, you know, whatever we only, you don't know what you don't know. And my parents honestly were not super self-aware when they were raising us, you know? So same can be said about mine. And it was even more abusive. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like physical, emotional abuse, heavy like that. But like, even then they didn't have the awareness. They didn't, you know, they didn't do the work. They didn't believe in therapy. They didn't look at themselves. Right. So, you know, yeah. And I think, and even that is enough. Yeah. Even that isn't, even that is enough. Like parents who don't have the self-awareness is, you know, there, there are things that they're going to be passing down to you, whether Mm -hmm. you are aware of it or not, that are going to like, that are going to, shape who you are. Like mm-hmm. we are a product of our, of our upbringing. Like that's now that doesn't mean that we have to like stay there. Of course, that's what we're talking about. Like we don't have to stay there. We can work on these things, but there is, you know, there is a uh, something that like with all of us that we like carry into adulthood. And the more that we can have the awareness, the more that we can, you know, work on like notice those things and work on them. So, yes. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. I feel like you just wrapped that up perfectly. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know if there's like anything else to say. I feel like you just did it. Like, (laughs) nice. Well, I'm impressed. Well, thank you. I'm very impressed. Always with the mic drops. (laughs) Yeah, I have the mic. (laughs) I know. So nice. I love that. Exciting. Feel very legit. (laughs) Yeah, we're super legit now. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I think, you know, for anyone out there that is listening, I would encourage you to reflect back on your own stuff. The more you start to be able to see your own stuff, the easier it gets. And it gets, it's hard at first, to be honest, like, you know, it can be hard to kind of look at yourself objectively and patterns and where, you know, like own your own shit. Like everyone has to see their own stuff. Right. Right. But being able to get there and work through it is really what's going to change your life. So you can sit there and feel sorry for everything and blame everyone else. And, you know, like even myself, like there, there's specific things that I could be like, oh yeah, that was them. And that's true. But who I am today is my responsibility. Mm. What happened to me? Not at all. What happened to you? You know, it's not really your responsibility. What you do with it is 100%. And, you know, like that's how some stories people can have the exact same childhoods. Like there's been stories of like twins before where there is a parent who's an alcoholic. Okay. One repeats the cycle. The other one is like running programs for like sober houses. Right. Like it's what you do with it. It's exactly what you do. And yeah, there's like the nature versus nurture thing. Absolutely. But it ultimately comes down to you and we Mm -hmm. have to choose what we do when we're handed certain circumstances. Right. And this, this is why the awareness is like the first, the first thing. Cause it's like, once you have that awareness of like, oh, I don't have to stay stuck in this pattern. I can actually change how I look at this and, you know, all of these things. And when you understand yourself, you know, in a better way, um, it's, you can, you can make those changes going forward or you can, um, you just grow from it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, Yeah. I was going to say something similar, like with the twins, you know, somebody could have a situation that looks exactly the same, but it's, but it's how we look at it going forward. And I love that you said like who we are today is, is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that is a statement that should be empowering because if you can go through some really shitty things, but you are, you know, in a totally different place as an adult. And you're like, damn, you can look back and be like, damn, I did this. Like, I looked Mm -hmm. at my shit and it wasn't easy and I been through shit and it wasn't easy, but like, look where I am today, you know? Absolutely. So empowering stuff. So yeah, (laughs) look at everything. And we hope that while you're here, that I know awareness, looking at yourself seems scary, but the hope is that every time you listen, it becomes a little bit less. You start Mm -hmm. to have these little epiphanies like, (laughs) and then, you know, you dive deeper into your own work and, you know, start journaling more and start noticing things. And once you hit that level of, I'm starting to become self-aware, there's really no turning back. There's no turning back. Not at all, but it's <laughs> You're beautiful. <there>. Welcome. <laughs> Don't be exactly. It. Yeah. No, it is. It's the best <laughs> Welcome thing to the shit show. <laughs> we would never, ever change. Um, we would never change like the awareness for the world. I don't think either of us would go back to when we weren't aware because the Mm -mm. truth is things are going to still happen. Like life is still going to happen to us. Right. Mm -hmm. But with this level of awareness, we get to choose like, oh, I, I, I have a choice in how I look at this. And that doesn't mean that like something could happen, something, something bad could happen. And you are thinking to yourself, oh, I need to find the good in this right away. No, you're still probably going to go through a process of like feeling whatever feelings need to come up and realizing that it's hard. But then in the back of your mind, there might be a little, you know, your higher self that's speaking like, all right, now where can we go from here? Or like, what are you learning from this situation? Like these things that will just help. And I, 
maybe in a few episodes or whatever, I can really like dive into, um, the whole story with like my, a couple years ago with like my acne and my ex and like financial things, whatever. We'll totally talk about that. But like, if I didn't have my spiritual practice, I don't know where I would be Mm -hmm. like, you know, so things are going to happen regardless in our lives. That's just what happens. It's just being human, but with the awareness and, you know, we can, we can really like shift our perspective about it, but yeah, (laughs) I agree. I totally agree. And it's possible too. It is possible for every single person listening. Yes. I want you to know it is possible to have that awareness and to change your life. Mm -hmm. And you may need help. You may need support. It may look different than you think, but it is possible. There are so many, like, think of all of like those inspirational stories you hear out there. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't have to be like a one in a million type thing. It can also be you. Like you Mm -hmm. can also empower yourself in that way. You can also turn your life around that way, or just, even if it doesn't feel like it needs to be turned around completely, just make it better, build it how you want it. And it starts with you. And we're so grateful that you all are here and willing to (laughs) learn and listen and grow and just, you know, it's a blessing to be with all of you like-minded people. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know Kelsey and I both are just, we were talking the other day. We're like, wow, like we're actually doing this. Like this feels amazing. And, you know, just the thought that even one person's life could be changed a little bit for the better is just exciting. Cause we want you to have all these things. We want you to have your big goals and dreams and everything. And Kelsey and I aren't even there yet, but like, we're at a point (laughs) where we're like, we're getting there. Oh yeah. We're really getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and so it's important uh, yeah I think the energy that we're feeling is like pretty palpable and I hope that other people can relate to that and feel it in their own lives too just by listening because we're all on this like growth journey together and yeah I mean this is just I look forward to recording these like every time and just like it's been so fun so far so we are so thankful for you guys who are here listening and supporting and all of that stuff. And if this resonates with you guys, please like share with whoever share on your Instagram story and tag us. We would love that. Um, yeah, we're just so excited to be here. (laughs) Helping people is our favorite thing to do. And it is (laughs) adding in our like life lessons and spirituality. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's perfect. That's That's why this podcast is perfect. We we're talking about like our own life experiences and then also like encouraging and motivating and teaching and stuff. It's just like Mm -hmm. all the things that Taylor and I love. (laughs) Exactly. Just rolled into one. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. I think we're going to wrap this one up. Um, but thank you again for listening. And yeah, like Kel said, if you have anything that you want to share with us, you can always like find us on the socials and stuff and reach out to us and we would love to listen. Yep. All right. right. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next episode. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye, everyone.